We are so happy that you are able to join us for today's message. Our hope is that it will encourage you in your walk with God and inspire you to reach those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. I'm excited. Everybody online, we're so glad to have you with us as well right now. We're going out Global Heart uh, at home and for everybody who's uh, tuning in, in here in Perth, at home, around Australia, uh, in Zambia, in Germany, around the world, wherever you are tuning in today, we just welcome you to the service. So glad to have you with us and uh, pray that you'll be really blessed where you are at home or around the world today in Jesus' name. You know, as we come to the Word today, I uh, just want to encourage everybody, all the pastoral team and uh, all of our leadership team, everybody who's served, by the way, who've been working flat out through all of this season, creating videos and all kinds of stuff. And how fun was that youth video, pouring water over all the youth leaders? Never did those things in my day. Anyway, but... Uh, Everybody's been working so hard, so we just appreciate you all. Let's just give a little bit of appreciation to all those people working so hard. But I just want to encourage you too right now that uh, in our leadership team, whenever you've got any of our team sharing and preaching, we're all looking to say, Lord, what do you want us to say? When, when we get up to speak or to preach, we're not like, hey, let's, let's just come up there. That's in the Bible. No. We're like, Lord, what are you saying right now to our church? What are you saying to the people who are at our church? What are you saying to the new people who've just come to Global Heart Church? So we're looking to hear from God, His voice and His plan. And everybody online, we're looking to hear what God's got to say because you're a great part of this. We want, we want messages that are now messages. And I want to encourage you too, you may not know this, but when you hear the Bible or read the Bible, it's often containing great history, thank God. But the main purpose of the Word of God is not to be a history book, it's to speak life to you. It's to speak revelation to you. It's to give you understanding about your part in God's kingdom in Perth, Western Australia, in June, we're still in June, in June uh, 2020, that you might walk in God's plan for your life. Did you know that? I don't know if you know, a lot of people don't realize that when you become a Christian, that really it's all about stepping now into God's purpose, stepping into God's plan. Uh, a lot of people got just brought up with the concept of you just kind of ducked into a church and you ducked out. And that really is religion. That's actually not the Bible because God never kind of wanted me just, you know, and Sue and our family just, and, you know, and you and your family just to attend something. In actual fact, if you read the Bible, which is the good thing, read it, it actually teaches us we're not meant to attend, we're meant to become. God's plan was never I attend a building, it was that I become the church, active and alive and fulfilling my purpose. Uh, try and get last week's message as well. We're touching on gifts and, and talents because your gifts are an indication to what God has for your life. Have a look at your gifts. Ask other people, what am I gifted in? There'll be somebody around you be able to point you in the right direction but because our gifts are an indicator to where God is actually sending us. So this morning as I head into the message now, I really want to encourage you. I believe that God's got spiritual truth from the Gospels today, from this message to talk to you right now. Right now in your life. Right now where you're at because God is always wanting to take us forward. The Bible says the path of the righteous 
falls into a hole and we all collapse. Oh, sorry. Sorry, wrong Bible. Wrong everything. The Bible says the path of the righteous winds upwards. God's road for your life is a winding road up. doesn't say that it's a sprinting freeway, by the way, too. It doesn't say, you're there. It says, no, it's a winding path. The path of the righteous winds upwards. And that winding upwards is, it's going to get better, but it doesn't tell us that it's going to be perfect. Because there's no perfect life, no perfect Christian. If you live on planet Earth, you will not have perfection too often. But in the middle, you'll have God's purpose and plan unfolding. So I've entitled this message, God's Miracle Path for You. God's Miracle Path for You. Let me say that one more time. God's Miracle Path for You. So in Matthew 14, there's a powerful, powerful passage and story, Matthew 14, verse 13, where Jesus has decided to depart to a deserted place. He kind of needs a break from the people. And the Bible tells us that as he goes to this deserted place, it's kind of a wilderness in Matthew 13, that suddenly he's not alone. Let me read it to you. It says, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. You know, no matter where Jesus went, by the way, no internet, no Facebook, no TikTok, <laughs> no Instagram, no phone, nothing's happening to tell people about Jesus. Jesus was so anointed and so powerful and what he spoke and what he said and what he carried that wherever he went, even as he's trying to be by himself and get away, the multitude is still following him. If you think, Lord, sometimes I'm busy, and Lord, I have a challenging life, and I'm too busy, try being Jesus. If you look at Jesus' life, you'll get a little bit more margin in your ministry, because Jesus was followed wherever he went. He was so amazing that the people started walking from the cities to go into the wilderness to be with him. Why did they do that? That's because Jesus healed the sick. His name is Jehovah Rapha. That means my healer. God is your healer, emotional, physical, mental. You need to declare when you get up in the morning, Lord, I need emotional healing. Thank you, God, for healing me. Lord, I need mental healing. Thank you, God, for healing my thinking. Lord, help me with my body. I've got this sickness. Lord, you are my Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He's also our strong tower. When you can't do it, run into him. He's your strong tower. And the Bible tells us this Jesus that they were following, he turned the water into wine. And, uh, and so he was Jehovah Jireh, our provider. They were seeing the miracles. Uh, four men brought a paralyzed man to Jesus because they knew that if they got him to Jesus, he'd be healed. They ripped the roof off a house and lowered him down so that Jesus could heal him. Jesus healed the paralytics. Jesus heals the paralyzed in heart. Some of us got our hearts paralyzed. Jesus wants to bring your heart alive today and cause it to beat with new life. He raised Lazarus from the dead. You couldn't die in Jesus' presence. You'd have to get up again. So he raised Lazarus from the dead. He's got his grave clothes on, and Jesus is like, you need to get those grave clothes off. There's a little thought for all of us. Get off your old dead life. 
Because <laughs> Jesus is bringing us forth into a new life. But the crowds were following him because of what he said, what he carried, what they saw. He was a miracle-working God. And without any of our modern uh, communications, still the people were walking from the cities to find him, even as he headed into a deserted place. They would have gone with sandals. Some would have had no sandals. And I don't know if you've been to Israel, but when you get there, there's a lot of rock and a lot of dirt. They would have been walking on difficult paths to follow Jesus into that deserted place. No foot massages there. And, uh, you know, we need to kind of think about that in the era of uh, we live in now because sometimes I'll hear messages from pastors in other countries and other places on YouTube, and it's almost like every time you serve the Lord, nothing will ever go wrong. Anybody ever heard those messages? It's like just everything's going to be great. Well, it gets great. It'll become great. But I discovered in serving the Lord, it gave me a problem, <laughs> right? I, none of you ever had a problem, right? I don't know if you're serving the Lord yet, but anyway, here they were following Jesus. Yeah, we want to follow you. And the next minute, they're following him where? Into the desert. They're following Jesus into wilderness. They're following Jesus into barrenness. They're following Jesus into, there's no, who knows if there was water there. It doesn't sound like there was. Sometimes following Jesus may lead you into a deserted place. And, uh, and we're like, hang on a minute. Hang on. Uh, Pastor uh, Mari's blessed. Pastor Spencer's blessed. I start following Jesus and everything's kind of going wrong. Well, I want to encourage you that sometimes God will allow us into a uh, deserted place, listen, or a wilderness place, because he's trying to get us to discover we really need him. We really need him. I became a Christian, and all my friends got transferred. Everybody got transferred away, got jobs elsewhere, and suddenly I was at church like, hang on, I have no one. Like, that's what I said. But really what God was doing is God allowed people to be stripped away from my life because he wanted me to walk with him now. He wanted me to get to know with him. Loneliness is not a negative. Loneliness, if it drives you to God, is a complete positive. A complete positive. So, and so sometimes, uh, you know, God allows something because he's trying to get you to come to a place where you're like, God, I just need you. And Lord, I just want you. You can't build a relationship with God if you've got everybody else in your life. It's amazing how you'll see somebody become a Christian. The next minute, they've got a new girlfriend. They've got a new boyfriend. They've got three new friends. They've got this. And I'm like, hang on a minute. That may not be God at all. Because they're all jumped in the door just as you're about to hold Jesus' hand. Some guy jumps in, takes your hand. Some girl jumps in, takes your hand. And God's saying, hang on a minute. I need you to walk with me. You need to experience a relationship with me. So... So we need to realize that sometimes things are going to give you trouble. When I became a Christian, I started to have trouble. It was like new trouble. You're all like, what is it? Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Well, I discovered that when you start getting near what God has for your life, the devil's not happy. You start getting near God's plan for your life, the devil's not happy. And you start getting effective. Anybody sitting next to somebody who's an effective Christian? They're actually it make affecting people's lives. They're having an impact on people. I got trouble when I started affecting other people's lives. Guess what? That was a good indicator I was getting near the target for what God had for my life. 
The more I got near to doing what God was calling me to do and to helping people and loving Jesus and walking in His plan from a very broken life, the more problems I had. The closer you get to the target, the more flack you get. So I was getting more flack, thinking, what's going on? The devil's trying to sh- shut down my effectiveness. The devil's trying to shut down your effectiveness. He's trying to shut down your effectiveness. Because if he can shut you down, he can shut your kids down. Some of you already has got your kids shut down. You need to help get that out of there because if he can shut your kids down, he shuts your grandkids down. My little grandson, he's going to preach. He rocks. He's a month old on Tuesday. Have I mentioned him? Anyway. (laughs) But the enemy's after your effectiveness. You're getting close to being effective. Don't be surprised if you don't have a fight on your hands from time to time. It's not wrong. It's, it's, it means you're going somewhere. It means you're going somewhere. I got, had a fight because the devil's like, sit down, trying to hold you back. Shut up. Go back to your broken life, Jared. Go back to your poverty. Go back. You're annoying. I'm like, well, devil, you keep doing that to me. I'm going to get more full on. I'm going to preach more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to live for God more. <laughs> Yeah, threaten him with that. I'm going to give more at church. You keep going, I'll give more. Devil started leaving me alone. He's like, you're annoying. Some of you say, hey, I never had an attack. (laughs) Maybe you're not being effective yet. Devil doesn't attack what he doesn't need to because you're already shut down. God's saying, as we go forward now, he wants you to start getting effective. Because we live in a spirit, this is a spiritual kingdom. We're in a spiritual world. This is a spiritual world, a spiritual battle going on. The Bible says our battle is not with flesh and blood. People think their battle is with a person. No, it's not. Our battle with, is with, you know, spiritual principalities in high places. So the demonic realm. So we need to say, hang on a minute. If I'm having trouble, it may well be a good sign I'm heading forward into God's purpose. And now i got a different life to that life. But I had to realize, hang on, I'm getting near to the target in Jesus' name. By the way, everybody, some of you may be saying right now, you know the Lord, that's right. He's taking me into a desert right now, and I just can't believe the Lord took me in a desert. Now listen, people. If you've been building sand pits for your life for the last 30 years, don't be blaming God. There's some people that even when God and people are trying to help take them into something good, They'll put themselves in a sandy pit quicker than nothing. Stop sabotaging your life. Stop sabotaging your Christian life. Some of us are in the wilderness because everything we keep saying and keep doing. And then some of you this morning were like, look what the Lord did to me. Mm-mm, he didn't do nothing. This is, this is a sand pit of your own skill. <laughs> a sand pit of your own skill. You created that. You've got to say, I need to stop making sand pits. Desert, sand, desert. What does that mean? I've got to have a new way of thinking, new way of speaking, new way of living. It's got to be new. And you've got to say, Lord, help me to walk into the new thing. And, uh, but it's different. Here's the other thing. If, if like these people, you follow Jesus into a wilderness, listen, sometimes we get confused because God's trying to grow our character. And we're like, is that the devil or is that God? It doesn't matter. Is that the devil or is that God? It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. 
Because Romans 8.28 says, Everything works together for good to those who love God and accord according to His purpose and plan. Now, a lot of us fulfill the first part of that, to those who love God. We're like, I love God. But it doesn't just say that. It says, and walk according to His purpose and plan. Everything doesn't work together for good for those who are like, yeah, I love Jesus, but I just do my own thing 24-7. I get to church from time to time. Don't think I don't go to church. Well, that does not tie up with that scripture because it says everything works together for good to those who walk according to his purpose and plan. That's why you'll see some Christians, you're like, they've been a Christian a long time, but it's not working for good. Yeah, because they're not in his purpose and plan. So sometimes God let us be in the wilderness till we're like, I'm so sick of sand. <laughs> Just sick of sand. It's like me at the end of the summer in Perth. I've loved it, but my gosh, rain. God's saying to some of us, your life has been sand. Now you need to say, Lord, I surrender. Now rain. Oh, so in this challenging moment, everybody at home and everybody in church, don't get lost in the season. This season right now on planet Earth is a challenging one, but it's also, I reckon, a great reprioritizing season. And it's also make you appreciate what you miss. I miss church so much. I miss people so much. I was like, oh my gosh, let me see somebody. <laughs> All the extroverts were losing their minds. Did you see that comedian? He had an extrovert and introvert both locked up during COVID. Anybody see that comedian do that? <laughs> the introvert's lying on the lounge and the extrovert's like losing their mind locked in the house for three weeks and goes, come on, look, they're about to go into lessen the restriction. We can go out for happy hour. And they go, come on, get ready. And then one on the couch, the introvert guy goes, uh, I can't. And he's like, why not? He goes, I've just started book 14. And he goes, are you insane? What are you talking about? He goes, I've just started. I can't, I can later in the day maybe. And he goes, but I can't between five and eight. He goes, why not? He goes, because I'm having me time. <laughs> and the extrovert guy, you've been having me time for three weeks. <laughs> Losing and going insane. Everybody, that was supposed to be funny. But anyway. <laughs> can't win them all. Don't get lost in the season. Don't get lost in the season in God's kingdom and God's house. We need to stay together. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking our assembling together as is the habit of some Christians, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The Bible says encourage. One of the greatest things we can be doing at Global Heart Church going forward and to see us go forward is encourage one another. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you carry. Thank you for turning up. Thank you for being faithful. Let's put courage into one another. Encourage means to actually put courage in. And I don't know about you, but we all need courage. Speaking words of encouragement is like oxygen. Parents, that's why you need to speak to your children. I love you. You're great. God's hand is on you. Oh, in shopping centers, I go nuts when I see parents with their children. They're dragging their kid on. This little kid, they're like saying to a two-year-old, what's wrong with you? And the little kid, I'm two. Do you see that? And the parent's like, what's wrong? The, 
Children do not sit in a room at two years old planning devious things to attack and to destroy their parents and drive them insane. I must really aggravate her today. She's going to Kmart. I know, I'm gonna scream and run up. Yeah, three-year-old sister, you do it too. Let's drive her crazy or drive him crazy. They're children. Their brain is not fully formed till about 25 for men and all the women said amen. <laughs> all right, moving to the Bible. Verse 14. When Jesus saw the great multitude, they'd followed him in the wilderness. Listen, he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Once again, Jesus having compassion for us. Don't you love God? When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying... Jesus, this is a deserted place. The hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. The disciples were actually cognitive to the fact, which is what God's trying to get us cognitive with. Lord, we don't have enough. Lord, we don't have enough. There's no food here. These people have got nothing. And they're basically saying, Lord, we don't have enough. And Lord, actually, (laughs) this is a good place to get to. We don't know what to do. Everybody... You and I don't have enough. You and I don't know enough. The greatest thing you can do when you get around Jesus and get around God is say, God, I don't have enough. And I don't know God nearly enough. And I don't know what to do. And then Jesus says, great, now I can work with you. Miracles follow humility, everybody. Miracles follow humility and self-awareness. Miracles follow humility and self-awareness. Humility brings about a self-awareness, which is, oh my gosh, I need a change. Humility will make you go, I can't do this routine any longer. Humility will make you go, I need to make a difference here. I need to, there needs to be some change. I need to change here. And so I want to encourage you that that brings about the miracles in our lives. When I got saved, my family was so broken. My dad was like a really frightening, alcoholic, split personality, very scary we had so many challenges, problems. We were totally poor. My mom's family were totally rich. It was crazy. And I had to stop and get self-aware. And here's my self-awareness. Do not follow this any longer. Some of you are following friends and people that have no fruit in their life and you're still not aware of it. And then you get the desert. And I had to go, don't follow that. I need to follow something new. I became a Christian. I'm in God's house. I need to follow some people who got some success here. How did you begin to prosper? How did you begin to get into God's will? How did you begin to get happy? How did you get emotions come alive? I needed that big time. How do you raise children? How do you, I had to get around families who did that and they actually had some health. Miracles follow humility and self-awareness. Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we only got five loaves and two fishes, which we nicked from this kid. (laughs) Jesus says, bring them here to me. Listen, everybody, the older disciples were tuned in. We have a problem, Houston. Houston, we have a problem. We've got no resources, Jesus. We don't know what to do. And the next minute, the kid who's got the two fish and the five loaves is there. And what is God saying out of that really? Here's what God's saying. He's saying, the generation coming up, the younger one behind you has the resources. The kid doesn't have the position or the platform, but he has the resources. Global Heart Church, the generation coming up behind us has resources. They're, not, they, they're anointed, but they're not yet appointed. Young people, you're anointed, but you're not yet appointed. 
And so the kid didn't have the platform to speak up to Jesus, but the disciples did. And what was Jesus trying to get us to realize? He's trying to get us to realize that the boy represents the younger generation. There's hidden provision there. Listen, but the generations are meant to work together. Global Heart Church, the generations are meant to work together. That's why I'm always like, the, they know with youth and young adults, I'm always like, well, how's so-and-so? How are they going? Where are they going? I drive the pastors a bit mad. How are they? How are they? Why? Because I know that they're going to bring something in the days to come that's going to fulfill them and satisfy them, but bless the church. And, uh, and parents, with our kids, can I encourage you, you need to be helping them get into the body of Christ. You know, when the Bible talks about the functioning body of Christ and, you know, the younger generation bringing provision, it means that we're meant to be doing something. Sometimes we don't realize that the Bible says, it says this, every joint is supplying. The body is moving. If I stand here and don't move again, I will have, what's it called? Atrophy. My body will start to freeze up. I think I've seen some people in India like that, you know, those guru guys. They freeze, your bones freeze, eventually you will die. Guess what? Some of us aren't that in the natural, but some of us are that in the spiritual. We're not moving, we're not helping, we don't give, we don't serve, and we're like this. And so are the generations before us and the generations following us. Generations before us, following us, are atrophied as well. Don't move. Go to church. There's no movement. Sue and I coming, no, we're not from Christian backgrounds, people. We are not from Christian backgrounds. Put the boys in. Come on, let's help in God's house. Let's serve. Let's get moving. Let's carry something. Now I have a drummer over there. I got a bass player at home and business leader who's looking after my grandson. Amen. Text him and say, invite me over. <laughs> Sean's in our praise and worship team. But all of them got serving. Listen, parents, we're meant to be resourcing the kingdom of God not attending a service. Hidden provision and resource are in the generation coming up. The boy had to place the loaves and the fish in the hands of the disciples. What's that? Young people, you have to entrust the generation in front of you because your view right now, and a lot of people's view in the kingdom of God, depending on your leadership, your gifting, your, if you've got Ephesians 4 gift, your service in the kingdom, what you carry, your view is formed from all those things. A lot of people, their view is 45 degrees. This is their view in the kingdom. Young people, your view in the kingdom is here. When you've been doing it for 30 years, 35 years, carry responsibility, got a gifting, built, hung in there, doing it for 40 years, 20 years, 10 years, whatever, your view may be 90, 180, 270. So you got to realize that the view that we have is from what we carry, our experience, our age, and our life. So you've got leaders around you who may have a 270 view. Use it. Young people, he had to entrust it. Here, here's the only food around. It's the, and I've got the fish, and I've got the food, and I've got 5,000 starving, hungry people looking at me. And the little boy goes, uh, I'll entrust that to you. We have to entrust what God's given us to the generation in front. You see, the body of Christ is not independent. It's interdependent, working together. God is saying the miracle happens when the generations work together. When we work together, we're going to get this deal done. 
when we work together, we're going to get this deal done. I'm going to be an old granddad. Don't say I am one now. I'm going to be an old granddad going, yeah, go ahead, next generation. Go forward. I think I heard something over here. Naughty children at Global Heart Church. I always look up to the parent. Anyway. <laughs> so we need to go. Let's work together because we're setting up the generations. Global Heart Church is meant to bless you, bless your family, bless your grandchildren, and bless our community in Jesus' name. Bless the city. Bless the nation. Bless the nations. Last thoughts. God establishes His purposes through doing it together. Don't lose your future. Don't lose our future. Let's do it together. You know, I've discovered that God humbles us until we work with different people. Many times God will get us to work with people we would never choose in the body of Christ. Why? To humble us. Until we do it, we'll never develop the humility that would take us to the next level of what God's got for us. You know, uh, amazingly, right, coming to the end of this passage, you've got to just finish off now but in verse 19 I hadn't seen it before but it says there then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass everybody they're in a desert have you have you ever seen that I haven't seen that Jesus says to the multitudes sit down on the grass the multitude is 5,000 plus people sitting on green grass hang on you're in they followed you to a wilderness. They followed you into an isolated, deserted, deserty place. Now he's saying, sit on the green grass. Guess what? When you follow Jesus, he's leading you into green pasture. When we do it his way, in his timing, there's green pasture. Ezekiel 34, I'll feed them on the mountains of Israel, along the streams, among their own people. I'll lead them into lush pasture so they can roam the mountain pastures of Israel, graze at leisure, feed in the rich pastures of on the mountain of Israel, and I myself will be the shepherd of the sheep. I myself will make sure they get plenty of rest. I'll go after the lost. I'll collect the strays. I'll doctor the injured. I'll build up the weak ones and oversee strong ones so they are not exploited. Everybody listen. God creates a green place when we are bringing, hello, the generations to Him, when we're working together. God says for Global Heart Church, you're going to prosper. You're going to be blessed. You're going to go forward. Your children are going to come into a green place. Refreshing is coming to your life. You are going to end up in a green field. How did 5,000 people sit down on green grass? And then he says to them, give me the fish and the five loaves. Give it to me. Give it to me. They hand it to Jesus. We've got to give everything to Jesus, right? Into his hands. And then the Bible tells us that Jesus blessed it. Then he broke the bread, then he gave it out and it multiplied. Jesus blessed it, blessed the fish, blessed the bread. He broke the bread, gave it out, then it multiplied. It blessed it, broke it, multiplied. Blessed it, broke it, multiplied. Blessed it, broke it, multiplied. What is God talking about here? This is thousands of people. This is a multitude and Jesus is using what the generation coming up has to feed the multitude. What is Jesus saying to us? He's saying, listen, Global Heart Church, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to break you. Then I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to break you. And then I'm going to multiply you. 
I'm going to bless you down the back. I'm going to break you. And then I'm going to multiply you. Let me say it again. I'm going to bless you. What does bless mean? Happy, fortunate, prosperous, and to be envied. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to break you. Then I'm going to multiply you. Many people, we're like, yeah, that blessing thing, that's good. Then we get to the breaking. What is the breaking? It's breaking into God's will. It's breaking into what He wants. In His timing, not my timing. In His timing, not my timing. In His timing, not my timing. You heard my story then. I just got to finish up. But the, probably the best story of recent note is my father abused my whole childhood. I had a horrific childhood. No, at horrible. Frightening, scary, moving. Went from a wealthy area to the poorest area in Sydney. And it was horrible. And I got to a point, I said to, my, to God one day, how am I going to be a Christian? I never even had a childhood. How could you let that happen? God said to me that day when I said that to him, God said, Jerry, when you went through that, I cried. I felt your pain. I never wanted you to go through that. And I love God. He never came back to me and said, hey, at 30 years old, now I can give you your childhood back. Let's go play on this playground. Let's go in the whirly-girly, whatever it is. Hurdy-gurdy, merry-go-round, whatever. <laughs> Where's my friends? All the young people are like. But he said, I can give you a new life now. God gives me a new life. I start becoming a Christian, go to church. God starts healing us. And already I was a Christian. God starts working my life. He's given me a new life. He says, I'm giving you a new life. He'll take it. I had, I had an option list of nil. So I said, thanks, I'll take that. <laughs> On my option list, what else have I got? I'll take that. Otherwise, for me, it would have been addiction. Who knows whatever else. Destruction coming from that childhood. And then here am I now, pastor. And the day comes and the Holy Spirit taps on me and goes, hey, uh, I'd like you to start a rehabilitation to help men recovering from alcoholism and drug addiction and uh, to get out of their broken life. I'm like, Lord, start it yourself. And then I went to the next level. Heck no. I'm not starting nothing. That guy wrecked my life. Alcoholism destroyed me. I went to, for my outings, I went to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings as a kid. You guys went to fun fairs. I went to another AA meeting. I'm like, I don't want to do nothing with alcoholics and drug addicts. No, thank you. Get someone else. Get Pastor Maori. <laughs> Get Colin Lunn. I don't know. Get someone else. No way. And the Lord's like, this is how the Lord is, right? Uh, I really need you to kind of attend to that soon. I'm not attending to nothing. I build a church. I'm a Christian. Kids go to church sometimes, no, most of the time. I'm like, no way. And God's like, hey, I need you to do that. Get onto it soon. I'm like, no. Good Christian, right? You guys worried? <laughs> I'm like, no. Not because I don't like the people, but what it did to me destroyed me so much. I'm thinking, do I want to invest myself there? No. Let's start a kids' fun factory. I don't know. Let the children play. I can go and be healed. Because that's what, I didn't get in that fun factory. Look at you guys, go ahead. And the Lord's like, no, I need you to go see Paul Woodcock. I'm like, Paul Woodcock? God told me the name of the person in our church to see. I went with Dave Harding. Sat on this thing for four years and I'm boiling that I need to go. And, I'm, it's bubbling up. I go see Paul Woodcock. And I said to Paul Woodcock, Paul, uh, God told me to come and see you. He runs, you know, Leapfrogs, The Maze, Botanic Gardens. I don't know why I'm seeing you. I'm sure you never had anything to do with alcohol, licks or drug addicts. And I'm coming to you and I don't want to come to you because I don't want to do this. 
but the Lord told me to come to you, and uh, yeah, we kind of need to do something, get a, you know. And Paul goes, my parents ran a rehabilitation center for alcoholics and drug addicts. God told me, go to him. I went, what? He goes, that's what they did. I said, I never knew you had anything to do with it. He goes, oh yeah, I did. And I went, God told me to come to you. I was like, oh no, I'm sunk. I'm going to bless you, Jared. I'm going to break you, Jared. And then I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless you, Jared. Then I'm going to break you, Jared. Then I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless your life. Then I'm going to break you. Then I'm going to multiply you. Right? Now, I'm so thrilled that we've had hundreds of guys go through. 95% made decision for the Lord. They have opportunity to be healed and saved. I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled. Many of them are in church. If you're in church today, guys, welcome and we love you. Welcome and we love you. Welcome and we love you. Many of you are here serving a church. And I'm so thrilled that they're going to multiply. They're starting new families. They're going to have incredible children. They're going to be business people. May one of them be the premier of Western Australia one day. But I had to go... Jared, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to break you. Then I'm going to multiply you. God doesn't just choose certain people, everybody. That's for all of us. That's for you. 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 You, 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 you. And then God says, and through that, Global Heart Church, I'm going to feed the nations. I'm going to feed the city. And then I'm going to feed the nations. I'm going to feed the city. Then I'm going to feed the nations. I'm going to feed the city. And I'm going to feed the nations. Generations working together. Young people putting the resource in the hands of those who God has got in front. Who've got the position. God says, entrust them. I'm going to feed the city. I'm going to touch the church. I'm going to touch the state. I'm going to touch Zambia. I'm going to touch Germany. I'm going to touch other places. I'm going to touch Melbourne shortly in Jesus' name. Can I just ask one question? Who's getting ready for multiplication? Who's getting ready for multiplication? Who's getting ready for multiplication? Come on, who's getting ready? Anybody? Anybody getting ready? Anybody down the back getting ready? Come on, who's getting ready for multiplication? Anybody online getting ready? Come on, who's getting ready? If you're getting ready, could you right now on the count of three, give Jesus a huge shout and clap of praise. One, two, three. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com.